rewarding careers, experiences of a lifetime. Explore Travel PT at ariusmedical.com. A-U-R-E-U-S-Medical.com. NPTE StudyCast. Uh, welcome back to the show, helping you survive and thrive as you study for the NPTE and eventually picture it, become a physical therapist. You're going to get there. Bring in Lauren Nielsen on the show. Lauren, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, outpatient orthopedic physical therapist specializing in performing arts. You actually, you went through the Brooks Rehabilitation Program and now you get to work with Brooks Rehab. That's great. I do. I'm very specialized. I'm very lucky. When did you go through the program at uh, Brooks? I went through the residency in orthopedics right after graduating PT school in 2014. And that was followed by the two-year orthopedic manual therapy fellowship. So I finished that up in 2017. And really prepared you for what you get to do now. And you get to really specialize working in performing arts. Uh, real quick, who are you seeing? I see a lot of adolescent dancers just based on being in Orlando. There's a lot of teenage dancers, a few professional performers as well. And then I like to see a lot of recreational dancers as well who can be in the geriatric population. So the reason I bring that up is we're talking about a condition that is going to come up on the NPTE in some way, shape, or form, or one of your practice exams, and you're probably seeing plantar fasciitis pretty often in performing artists. Oh, it is very prevalent, especially because as performing artists, we get to wear some very unique footwear. Yes. All right. So let's go through this. Let's kind of debunk. Let's make sure it's very, very clear for the audience on what they need to know and nothing more for the NPTE. So let's kick it off. How do you, how would you briefly describe the pathology? How do you briefly describe plantar fasciitis? So as I said before, it's really common and it frequently presents as heel pain in the clinic. We usually classify plantar fasciitis as an overuse injury that can be related to new activities or activities that have been increased, a footwear change, loading patterns, or all of the above. So outside of heel pain, the number one thing that patients mention when they come to the clinic is that they have pain with walking or weight bearing after they've been off their foot for a while. So when they first wake up in the morning or if they've been sitting for a while, those first few steps tend to be very painful in that heel area. A lot of red flags there. And that's that's why we really wanted to go through this one nice and slow is because this is an easy one for them to ask on the NPTE because there's so many things that are common and hallmark. All right, that's a great, mm -hmm. great description of plantar fasciitis. Uh, let's get into what's involved, kind of the anatomy and physiology. What are you looking at? So at its most basic, thinking about the plantar fascia, it extends from the medial tubercle of the calcaneus to the five metatarsal heads. It's an aponeurosis, which means it's really, really thick, and it lays on the bottom of your foot, mostly influenced by dorsal flexion and the forefoot mobility. It is commonly an issue in patients who have a high BMI, occupations that require them to stand for a long time, especially on unforgiving surfaces like cement, or patients that are runners. All those categories have a higher risk of developing plantar fasciitis. Yeah, if you skip that, I'm talking to the audience right now, just uh, click rewind real quick and go through that again. It was a great list right there. Patients who have high BMI, occupations require prolonged standing, unforgiving surfaces, or runners. Those are your hallmarks that are going to tip you off on the NPTE that it's plantar fasciitis they're talking about. Special tests. Tests, prove it or disprove it, uh, where do you go there? So I find it really helpful to use the clinical practice guidelines as a, a starting point and our evaluate flow. So plantar fasciitis is commonly diagnosed based on a cluster of findings, a few different things that you might recognize through your evaluation. So starting subjectively, we already covered that they might have heel pain, 
with weight bearing after rest. They might be involved in high intense activities or have a job that requires more standing or be a patient with a higher BMI. When we go into observ observation and palpation, the palpation on the medial plantar surface of the calcaneus usually reproduces the symptoms. And we're going to look at their foot posture and their footwear. Do they pronate? Are they wearing very minimal shoes? Those are some highlights for observation and palpation. So with objective measurements, we want to make sure we check out ankle range of motion. A lot of times in these patients, you may see limited dorsiflexion range of motion because dorsiflexion increases the tensile load through the plantar fascia. So sometimes that's painful. We also want to use resistance chronoflexion to rule out any Achilles tendon pathology because the Achilles tendon can also generate heel pain. Perfect. Uh, how about special tests? Uh, right. We're checking the windlass mechanism because it mimics the tension on the plantar flexion required for gait. So this helps as a symptom reproduction test. And the partial tunnel test is also used to rule out any adverse neurodynamic causes of heel pain. That's it. You nailed it. Everything all-encompassing. <laughs> differential diagnosis. You kind of tipped off a few of those potential differential diagnosis options. Uh, let's go through them real slow. Tarsal tunnel syndrome would be number one. Achilles tendinopathy, number two. And the last big thing you need to be aware of is stress fractures in the calcaneus. The big tip off for stress fractures would be difficulty weight bearing at all. Perfect. Yeah, those are the options. Now we're getting even more narrow. Here's where, again, the NPTE is not trying to trick you. It's trying to test you, and it's going to give you hints. It's going to give you the clues that you need to differentiate between those, as we just listed there. Treatment examples. Everybody loves the treatment examples. Once you've got uh, a diagnosis, you know you're dealing with plantar fasciitis. Uh, where does your head go in terms of treatment? The big picture, Jimmy, is that you want to address the limitations you found in your exam. But I'm going to give you some examples. If they have limited dorsiflexion and you suspect it's related to calcural joint mobility, you would perform calcural posterior joint mode. If they have limited dorsiflexion with decreased gastroc complex length, you're going to use some dorsiflexion stretching for tissue extensibility. If you're seeing increased pronation and weight bearing or footwear that you don't think is helpful for their foot posture, you can use taping, orthotics, or footwear changes to assist. You could also use proprioceptive balance exercises to help them change the way they put the pressure through their foot and therefore their plantar fascia. If they're having pain with their first few steps in the morning or after sitting for a long time, you could consider the use of a night splint or consider changing their footwear by adding orthotics, gel heel pads, or just changing the type of sneaker that they work out in. Here's your example question. How can I picture this on the NPTE? How is this going to show up potentially? Uh, so we love these sample questions. Uh, so give it to us. Sample question, plantar fasciitis, what do you got? A 25-year-old female runner presents to your clinic with a history of right heel pain. Upon examination, the patient demonstrates two degrees of ankle dorsiflexion range of motion with her knee extended and eight degrees of ankle dorsiflexion range of motion with the knee flexed. What would be the most appropriate initial intervention based on this information? Okay, well, how about our options? A, calcul joint mobilization. B, heel raises. C, gastrocnemius complex stretching. Or D, night splinting. All right, so talocrural joint mobilizations, heel raises, gastroc complex stretching, or night splinting? What is the answer in this sample question? 
you want to remember in this sample question that the MPP is going to ask you for the best answer. So some of these answers might sound great and appropriate, but you have to pick the best one. So the clue is that the dorsiflexion range changes when the knee is flexed. So the gastroc is on black. So that makes the most appropriate answer to be C, gastrocnemius complex stretching. Perfect. I like how you walked us through that, and that's right. Uh, they're going to tip you off, and, and I love that you pointed out that phrase that I like to bring up so well, the best possible answer. Plantar fasciitis, now you've got it. Listen to this episode a few times with Lauren, and it'll be a breeze if it pops up on the NPT. You'll want to see it on the test that day because you've got this. You got this. Download free study guides now at ariusmedical.com slash NPTE studycast. A-U-R-E-U-S-Medical.com slash NPTE studycast. Rewarding careers, experiences of a lifetime. Explore travel PT at ariusmedical.com. NPTE studycast. Brewed by the PT Pinecast.